While quarterback Derek Carr still isn't a New Orleans Saint, it doesn't feel like things are moving any closer. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, we're free and available on all podcast apps and on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert credential member of the media, CrescentCitySports.com, USA Today, Saints Wire, Tuesdays on Locked On NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked On Saints. Today's episode of Locked On Saints brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook and the official sportsbook of the NFL. Go ahead and check them out today. Make every moment more by heading over to FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. On today's episode is Georgia quarterback, two-time national champion Stetson Bennett, worth a flyer in the NFL draft. Why we're even answering that question tells you why he's not. We'll take a look at that. We'll also break down a a couple of the salary cap moves that were made, including some competition potentially on the way with Will Lutz. And you can see it in a salary cap move that was just made on Thursday morning. But first, what's the latest on Derek Carr? Derek Carr, clear, far and away the best free agent option out there uh, when it comes to quarterbacks. You're comparing him to guys like Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and Jacoby Brissett and Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe you feel a little bit better about Jimmy Garoppolo than you do Derek Carr. I don't know. Uh, But Derek Carr, at least to me, far and away the best option that is available out there currently on the market, right? Lamar Jackson, not presently on the market. Aaron Rodgers, still in darkness somewhere, I guess. I don't know. But there is something about the Aaron Rodgers deal that, or the Aaron Rodgers situation that tells you how things are going with the Derek Carr situation. So With the New Orleans Saints and Derek Carr, it doesn't look like anything has progressed since that last meeting, right? Derek Carr coming here to New Orleans, he went to Ralph's on the Park over in City Park. They met up, discussed the possibility of the fit and all that in terms of a potential trade from the Las Vegas Raiders to the New Orleans Saints. That trade didn't happen. Derek Carr becomes a free agent. And so far, nothing. Nothing really since then. Derek Carr has gone on to meet with the New York Jets. And this is where things get a little bit interesting. New York Jets reportedly through media and things like that see Derek Carr as a future Hall of Fame quarterback, but yet, or first ballot Hall of Fame, I think it was what the report said, but yet they're waiting around to see what happens with Aaron Rodgers. So if you think that's the case, it's a little weird to be like, oh yeah, absolutely. No, we love you. You're a future first round, you know, first ballot Hall of Fame, blah, blah, blah. But also we're, we're waiting on this guy over here. So Derek Carr is kind of in this situation now to where he's visited with the New Orleans Saints, he's visited with the New York Jets, he should be visiting with the Carolina Panthers at some point. Tampa Bay Buccaneers don't look like they're in there, it looks like they're ready to move ahead with Kyle Trask at quarterback. Uh, the New England Patriots seem locked in with Mac Jones, the Indianapolis Colts are preparing for a young quarterback, as are the Carolina Panthers, honestly. And so where's Derek Carr's best option at this point? Because one could make the argument that the Saints are still very much the best option that Derek Carr has, whether it be because of the weapons that are available, knowing that Aaron, that Alvin Kamara 
uh, may not be available for up to six games or at least six games in 2023, depending upon how his March 2nd trial goes after the alleged altercation, which now has video, very clear video of the incident, things like that. So we'll see how all of that pans out. But even without Alvin Kamara, the Saints have Chris Olave. They've got Rashid Shahid. They'll keep Juwan Johnson around. They've continued to build and invest in their offensive line. Yes, the offensive line has had injury issues, but it's still a talented offensive line. You saw the steps forward for Cesar Ruiz. You see what Trevor Penning has. You know what you have in Eric McCoy, as well as Ryan Ramchick. They could reinvest at left guard this offseason if they want to with a guy like Osiris Torrance in the NFL draft, or they could wait later and go with a guy like Jackson Kirkland. There is so many different ways for this New Orleans Saints team to continue to bolster their offense and put Derek Carr in a good situation. So why hasn't he signed yet? Well, he has every right to be patient here, every reason to be patient. He's got a month-long head start on every other quarterback that's hitting the market this offseason. Baker Mayfield, all those names that we mentioned earlier today, who could also be options for the New Orleans Saints, but I'll tell you where I think they're going to go here in just a second if they don't get Derek Carr. They have all, he's got a full month head start on all of those guys who aren't able to start talking to other teams until the quote legal tampering period opens up a couple days before the new league year in the middle of March. We still have the combine to go to. He can go to Indianapolis if he wanted to and go in there and show up at the convention center and talk to every dang team that's there and never have to worry about any competition outside of maybe Aaron Rodgers coming out of whatever a darkness retreat is and saying, all right, I would like to be a New York Jet now. And that's kind of where Derek Carr is. He's in this weird liminal space of, I control my own destiny, but also there's this one or two, these one or two quarterbacks, if you include Lamar Jackson in the equation, that could change everything for me. So should he be in a hurry or should he be being patient? I don't know. It's a a tough one. I think the biggest thing to consider here is that there's like 15 teams in the NFL that could use an upgrade at quarterback. And there's only two better options that might hit the market if you're Derek Carr. So to me, it means take your time. It means have patience. So I think that's what Derek Carr is going to do, but we'll see how it all pans out. As for the New Orleans Saints and where they go at quarterback, obviously they they want Derek Carr. They like Derek Carr. If they don't go with Derek Carr, what's a better option for you? Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Jacoby Brissett in the first year in in, in your system, or Andy Dalton in a second year in your system? Jameis Winston for a fourth year in your system, Taysom Hill for a sixth, seventh year in your system. I think the latter options are better. And it seems very likely that it would be most likely Andy Dalton that would end up getting the call in 2023. Now you could bring Teddy Bridgewater back as well. You could do that in any case. I think no matter what, Andy Dalton's back. Even if they do land Derek Carr, I can see Andy Dalton coming back as a veteran backup to do the role that he was actually signed to do back in 2022 before the Saints went and committed to him for the entire season out of nowhere. Well, not out of nowhere, but particularly curiously committing to him after that three interception game, two pick six game with the Arizona Cardinals. And so that I think is where the Saints would end up going. If it's not Derek Carr, then expect to see them run it back in some way or another when it comes to the quarterback position. And that could be a good choice. That could be a bad choice. We'll have to see how it all plays out. But if you're going into 2023 with the same head coach, the same offensive coordinator, and the same quarterback, it's hard to expect that you're going to see a big-time boost in 2023 from what you saw in 2022. Remember, the Saints committing or recommitting to Pete Carmichael effectively tells you that they believe that the problems were elsewhere. So if you're not making changes where the problems were, expect to see the problems again. But it's clear that that's not the intent for the New Orleans Saints as they have been pursuing Derek Carr, and they'll continue to pursue every other quarterback 
that's out there. And one of the ways in order for them to be able to do that, they're going to have to open up some salary cap space. Thursday morning, they made two big moves that helped them massively in opening up uh, nearly $12 million of salary cap space, but also gives you a little bit of a preview into what could be the future for the Saints and Will Lutz. And this could go either way. Got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. And today's episode brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook and an official sportsbook partner of the NBA as well. And our exclusive sportsbook here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Right now, if you are a brand new customer to FanDuel, things get even better for you because they have their no sweat first bet of up to $1,000. So that's $1,000 or up to $1,000 in bonus bets that you would get back if your first bet doesn't win. You know what that means? means that there's no losing. Yeah, it's a good way to go into your first bet uh, over at FanDuel Sportsbook. You can download the app. It's safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to the spread, point scores, threes drained, all that. Pelicans are back in action uh, on Thursday night. You're ready to get into that and you want to go ahead and maybe feel a little bit of sweat, get in on the game. The FanDuel is absolutely the place to get that done. Plus, FanDuel also lets you combine a bunch of different bets for chances at even bigger payouts with their same game parlays, always a ton of fun. So don't miss your chance for your no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. New Orleans Saints making some big moves uh, as they open up their salary cap options once again, restructuring contracts, renegotiating contracts. And there was a specific contract that they touched on Thursday morning in a really interesting way that maybe gives you a little bit of a glimpse into the future uh, of kicker Will Lutz. Thanks so much as always. Make it Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. So let's start with the Will Lutz contract. Didn't save as much money as the other contract that was restructured along with him, which is Ryan Ramchick's deal, which opened up $10.3 million. We'll go into the details of that here in just a moment. But the Will Lutz one is really intriguing to me because we get the information that Ryan Ramchick restructured his deal, $10.336 million opened up, fanfare, all this other stuff. And then kind of buried in some of the uh, in some of those tweets was, oh, also Will Lutz reworked his deal, opened up $1.5 million of salary cap space. That shouldn't be a lost piece. And so I'm going to focus on a little bit more. This isn't a locked on special teams thing. This is a what's the future of Will Lutz thing, because this was a kind of big conversation over the course of the 2022 season because he missed a lot of field goals, a lot of field goals. Uh, He was in, I was like like 72, 74.2% field goal rate this year. Uh, he made, uh, he attempted in terms of all of them total, what, 31 sunk 23. So he was a bit off. Now he had a long as 60. He had an attempt at 61 that almost went in. He almost had those back to back in London, but he wasn't the Will Lutz that we are accustomed to seeing. That was one of the lowest field goal percentages in the NFL last year among kickers who saw more than 10 field goal attempts. I believe it was the second lowest, if not the lowest. So one of the big questions was, well, what do you do with Will Lutz? He had a $3.4 million uh, base salary going into this year, a $5.62 million uh, cap hit. 
He carried about $1.9, $1.6 million in dead cap that would have been a part of that as well if the Saints would have moved on from him. So you look at the big base salary of $3.4 million and you think, okay, well, it's clear that they were probably going to go to restructure that. They could save like a little bit over $2 million by doing that, over $1.5 million by doing that. And so when the report came out that he reworked the deal for 1.5, that tends to say something specific. When you say that they reworked a deal or renegotiated a deal versus restructuring a deal, that usually means that it's an agreement between the team and the player to reduce the base salary. But we didn't get that information right away. So I dug into the contract. We see a $3.4 million base salary. We see some uh, prorated uh, uh, signing bonus money. We see some prorated restructure money. We see some non-prorated money that is you know, like $250,000 worth of like roster bonuses, a workout bonus of $50,000. So conceivably that 1.5 that the Saints saved could have come from multiple spaces in there. It could have been the full $50,000 uh, 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 workout bonus. It could have been the full $250,000 uh, signing bonus and then $1.2 million reduction in his base salary or something like that. Come to find out, or it could have been a restructure, right? Like we were discussing earlier, they could have reduced his base salary from $3.4 million to vet minimum and then saved right around that same amount of money. However, what we learned, thanks to Nick Underhill over at New Orleans.Football, is that according to his sources, that was not a restructure. It was a reduction in salary. So what we learn instead is that they took the $3.4 million uh, base salary and then just reduced it. It's a pay cut, y'all. And that's a great move by Will Lutz. According to Mike Triplett, who adds a little bit of extra context here, there are also some incentives that are based on, you know, his, his whether it be field goal percentage, might be field goals made. There's any list of incentives that could be a part of that. We'll see when we get that, that detail. But the New Orleans Saints are planning on Will Lutz to be better in 2023 than he was in 2022, which shouldn't be a hard ask. That was his worst season in 2022. But what this also does is that the Saints didn't restructure his deal and push money into future years, meaning that if they want to, they can bring in competition for him in training camp. And if they needed to move on from him, nothing changes in terms of dead cap and you don't end up taking on extra dead cap in future years. This effectively now just becomes a one-year deal for Will Lutz this year that still has the dead salary, the dead cap number that'll be a part of it. But it doesn't end up costing you future money if you decide to move on from them. So it gives the New Orleans Saints an opportunity to say, hey, we want to have you back here. Gives Will Lutz an opportunity to say, hey, I want to be here. And then the incentives give him an opportunity to be able to build on his contract. The Saints saying, hey, we think you're going to be better in 2023. If you are, here's all the escalators. Here's all the, the incentives that you can get that are a part of that. But they also protect themselves a little bit to where if they see in camp that Will Lutz still isn't right, whether it's still because of the back injury and the surgery back in 2000 or the not back injury, the core injury and surgery that he had back in 2021 or whatever it might be. And they bring in some competition and feel really good about the competition going the other way. They're not completely locked in here because they have guaranteed some future money down the road. The Saints making a really, really wise choice here. Will Lutz making a very, very pro team move here and also a wise choice on himself, betting on himself here with New Orleans. Saints giving him a little bit of a safety net with the incentives where he can build that contract back up, but also protecting themselves in case they decide, hey, we want to go a different direction this offseason. So lots of little nuances to what was simply a reworked deal of saving $1.5 million, not just that simple. The other side of it, though, what we were just discussing in terms of the other move that was reported along with Will Lutz, which is the Ryan Ramchek deal, 
sounds like it would be a lot more complicated because the Saints saved $10.3 million in the, in the, uh, against their salary cap because of that move. That one's really simple. They took his base salary, reduced it to veteran minimum, and then restructured the contract, and then they're all set. So that one was actually the easy one, as opposed to the Will Lutz one, which has all of these sort of like buried individual extra little nuances and meanings that could be really interesting. So now with that uh, being the case, the Saints are hovering somewhere around $35 million over the salary cap. They still have yet to touch, uh, they've still yet to touch Taysom Hill's contract, Alvin Kamara's contract, uh, Marshall Lattimore's contract, Andrus Pete's contract, Cameron Jordan's contract, so many different places where they can still go, still make money. James Hurst has a $2 million roster bonus. Wouldn't surprise me to see that restructured. So there's a whole bunch of places where the Saints can still open up a ton of money. Tyra Matthew with a $7 million base salary. Lots of places where the New Orleans Saints can still clear up some salary cap space in 2023 or ahead of 2023. Not only getting under the salary cap or, or, or compliant with the NFL salary cap, they can get far enough under it to sign the QB that they're looking for as well. And moves like Will Lutz, moves like uh, Ryan Ramchek help them get there. All right, coming up next, speaking of quarterbacks, should the New Orleans Saints be willing to take a flyer on two-time national champion quarterback Stetson Bennett? Why that question alone is enough to tell you why they shouldn't. We got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Get it, Huda Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a quick look at Georgia quarterback Stetson Bennett. This is one that I've been asked to discuss uh, quite a bit. I'm sorry that it's taken me so long to get in there. I tried to sprinkle in a little bit in a, a couple of episodes ago, but let's fully dive in here on why Stetson Bennett would not be worth the New Orleans Saints time. And yes, you're going to hear me say negative things about a player and or not really negative things about a player, just negative things about the fit for the player and the expectations. I I look at Setson Bennett and and I want to start off with the question that everybody asks, which is, is it worth, is Stetson Bennett worth a draft pick? Not is Stetson Bennett worth a first round draft pick? Not is Stetson Bennett worth a mid-round draft pick? Is Stetson Bennett worth a draft pick is oftentimes the question that comes up. That is not the conversation that you should be having about a two-time, two-straight time, by the way, repeating uh, national champion in, in college football. So what does that tell you in terms of the perception of that player's role in that team's success. Usually, when we're talking about a player that comes out there and wins a couple of national championships on his way out the door, that's a first-round quarterback. We talk about Joe Burrow as somebody that went from probably a sixth or fifth-round pick to first overall in the matter of one championship season run, but how clearly was it that he was a big part of that? The mobility, his extending of plays, the third and 17 play that you saw against Texas that was kind of his big Heisman moment you saw the you know his his arm downfield, his arm and decision making. You saw all of it when it came to Joe Burrow with Setson Bennett. What you see a lot of is operating the scheme, operating the scheme. And by the way, Joe Burrow also has NFL size and had an NFL caliber arm. Setson Bennett doesn't check those boxes. He's listed on the Georgia the Georgia Athletics website at five foot eleven, one hundred ninety pounds. And we know that usually the school websites bolster all of those numbers by an inch or two. Is Stetson Bennett five foot nine, five foot ten, or is he actually five foot eleven? Is he 180 pounds instead of 190 pounds? Those are going to be issues at the next level. And especially somebody coming into today's day and age undersized. And I know that the Saints saw 15 years of success with Drew Brees. 
But I can comfortably say Stetson Bennett is not Drew Brees. I can comfortably say that no quarterback is Drew Brees, but Drew Brees. So because Drew Brees was at one time an exception, although size limitations became something for him over the course of the latter portion of his career, just because he was able to do it with elite processing early on in his career, an elite NFL arm coming into the NFL, didn't have the strongest arm, but it was elite enough. He was able to push it downfield. He did all the things that he was supposed to do. I know that that changed 2017, 18. Well, I'd probably say 2019, 2020, but with Stetson Bennett, the tools that Stetson Bennett is coming into the NFL with are not the tools that Drew Brees came into the NFL with. And Drew Brees really took off when he and Sean Payton came together. So that became a big part of it. Is Stetson Bennett and Dennis Allen going to be the next revolutionary uh, you know, tandem uh, at head coach and quarterback for the next 15 years that changes the way that we look at the size of quarterbacks? Probably not. And that's no offense to either one of them, but Dennis Allen's not that guy. He's a defensive head coach, right? So if you want to maximize Stetson Bennett, go, have him go somewhere with an offensive head coach that might be able to make something work with him. But what we have seen in the NFL time and time and time again is that round one, round two prospects are round one, round two prospects for a reason. And if you're talking about somebody who has just won back-to-back national championships and done so on good production, by the way, took care of the football, uh, accounted for 3,700 passing yards, 500, ru- uh, uh, yeah, 500 rushing yards and 40 touchdowns during his senior year, according to our friends over uh, uh, Damian Parson over at the Lockdown NFL Draft Podcast. like. Compiling those numbers, this guy should be up there in terms of the conversation. So why isn't he? Okay, so size is a big part of it. He does have mobility, but it's capped. You're not going to be able to really put him in a situation to where he's going to run and be, you know, that guy for you. He's five foot eleven, 190 pounds at best. So no, he's not going to be the guy that's going to be able to pick up yardage for you for your legs and keep him healthy, or pick up yardage for you with his legs and keep him healthy. All all of those pieces. Um, has trouble with ball placement downfield doesn't have an NFL caliber arm, doesn't have NFL caliber size. And one of the things that I've been saying for most of the draft, you know, most of the offseason process already is enough with the, this player is NF, you know, lacks an NFL caliber arm, lacks NFL caliber size, but enough with that, enough with the butt. If they don't have the size, if they don't have the arm, if they don't have the wherewithal to maximize the position, then they just don't. It's just that simple. And so now you couple that with him not going to the senior bowl, which I can tell you was a heavy conversation, right? Like a lot of people were discussing his decision of not going to the senior bowl. Not all of them, Scott, I'm sorry, not all of them media members. And so I think that was a big hit to his stock because that was was his first opportunity to go in, get measured. Why why avoid that? Unless you don't want the, the results out there, right? It was kind of like last year when Kenny Pickett didn't want his hands measured. And then he went to the combine after doing all of his exercises and stuff like that, got his hands measured. Then you have the off-season arrest for public intoxication that happened kind of in concert with the Senior Bowl. That wasn't great either. So between that, between being undersized, between not going to the uh, Senior Bowl, he could have done just like Hendon Hooker did. He could have said, I'm going to the Senior Bowl. I'm not participating in anything, but I want to go and you know, interview with teams and, and all that stuff. They let Hendon Hooker do it. I'm sure they would have let Setson Bennett do it. He didn't do that. Um, with the offseason arrest, uh, not having an NFL caliber arm, not being able to create on the offensive side. Yeah, he can move around like adequate mobility, I think I'd say. Um, 
checks down a bunch, very safe. I mean, all these things that are really good for like an aging quarterback that you know and that you can build a system around. Not great for a guy that you're trying to say, okay, could he potentially be a franchise quarterback in the NFL? So Stetson Bennett very likely going to be a day three selection, potentially even undrafted, might not even end up in the NFL. We'll see. Maybe he has to go the other route. Maybe he goes to the USFL. Maybe he goes to the XFL. Maybe works his way up through that and then gets to put himself on the map a little bit more. But I think the big thing you have to get get away from when it comes to Stetson Bennett is you got to get him out of Todd Munkin's offense and see if he's able to run one. And you've got to be able to see what happens when he doesn't have elite weapons and elite defense over on the other side that keeps the team alive. The Saints don't have those things. They don't have the you know, big time, you know, super scheme it up offense right now. They don't have uh, an elite. I mean, they have a very good defense, but we'll have to see what the defense looks like because they're about to potentially lose a bunch of pieces. And they don't have the type of system that somebody that comes in undersized and under equipped is going to be able to turn into a top offense in the NFL. It's just not going to happen. And so for me, the fact that we're even asking the question, can Stetson Bennett, is Stetson Bennett worth a draft pick despite the success that he's seen in, the, in, in, in college football? Tells you everything that you need to know. Not a good fit for the New Orleans Saints. Not a place that I would invest that selection. Okay, well, now that I've put all of that on wax, when Stetson Bennett is a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, you know, four years after his career is over, we can all replay this. I'll have a laugh. It'll be great. We'll see how it all goes. But <laughs> coming up in tomorrow's episode, it's Friday, so we're going to run through in case you missed it. Get you caught up on all the news from around the uh, from around the New Orleans Saints. Keep you up to date with everything going on salary cap wise, and of course. Car, the car, the Derek Carr Chronicles and QB Watch for the New Orleans Saints. So we got all that coming up for you as we continue on here every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. Appreciate you. As always, make Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day for your second listen. Make sure you go and check out Locked on NFL Draft as well as Peacock and Williamson. Go ahead and subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL Show YouTube page as well. So you can keep up to date with everything going on around the NFL. As always, y'all, I appreciate you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your routine for saying hi, uh, for saying hi, for saying yes to me and the show. If you see me, do say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up, let me know how the family's doing, let me know how you're living, let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.